And welcome, everybody. Good morning. It is the 5th. It's June, folks. It's June. It's officially, almost officially, summer. And uh, we are the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And we today have a guest, one of our favorite guests in the world, and that's Matt Shea, our favorite author. Hi, Matt. Hi, Eileen. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Oh, good. He's going to jump in every now and then with me, sort of play, almost playing co-host today, but um, he's going to be my sidekick, so it'll be fun. Okay, so we're going to be talking to him about all sorts of stuff. Uh, we're going to be talking to him. I wrote a list here. We're going to talk about new projects. We're going to talk about ghost stories, and we're going to talk about fish tales, T-A-I-L-S, tales, yes, So because he's, he's, he's a fisherman now, and he does a lot of fishing, and it's quite zen to fish, in case you haven't noticed, in case you don't do that, people. So, But I've done it for years, and it, there's something very meditative about doing it, and um, it's really wonderful. So anyway, so today on the show, we have a lot of stuff going on. We have the Astro News of the Month, which is coming. We've got a whole list of things here that are happening this month, a lot of planetary activity. So we'll be telling you about that and how, what they all mean here in just a few minutes. And also we have the Astral Celebrity of the Week. And we have on, because of the honors he is receiving tomorrow night, we're having on uh, Mr. Dick Van Dyke. He's going to be our Celebrity of the Week. I sort of selected him. And I said sort of, oh, you know, he was, they were doing a lot of stories on him this week. Like he's very active physically. and He's 95 years old. It's amazing. So he doesn't even look 95 at all. So uh, anyway, we're going to talk about him, and uh, we're going to talk about all the usual stuff, too. And I have a couple of announcements at the end of the show, an announcement of one thing that's going to be happening here shortly in about a month or so that we're really excited about, and we'll tell you what that is. So anyway, all right, anything you want to say, uh, Matt? Dick Van Dyke is an excellent choice. <laughs> we still have him. He's an immortal from last Oh, I era, know. and he's I know. still with us. He's still with us, yeah. He's fabulous. It really is. I just love him. So anyway, do you have any announcements you want to say? Didn't you have something you wanted to talk yes, about? Yes, I do. This is my 20th appearance on That's your show, right. and I'm very proud of this. 20 I told everybody years. I know. 20 of, of Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just was uh, interrupted by those lovely horns. Anyway, so it's awesome having you here again, and we have so much stuff to do. And so we're really, really excited about doing it. Okay, so we're going to take a break really quick. And when we get back, we're going to have the Astro News of the Month. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. Oh, I like that. It's so lovely. That's, that's Neptune entering the building. Yes. Anyway, so 
This is the Astro News of the Month. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about here, and so let's get started. I'm doing it chronologically, so just be aware, be aware of that. Okay, on June 10th, that's in a couple few days here, uh, there's a partial solar eclipse at 19 Gemini, and uh, that is going to be, it's a partial eclipse, not a total eclipse. It means that there's some things that are just out of aspect a little bit, but a solar eclipse has a lot of impact on people. Solar and lunar eclipses generally do. They travel in pairs and they go every six months. So somewhere in the zodiac they're going to happen. And this one happens at 19 degrees, Gemini. It makes a square to my sun. Oh, no. So anyway, if you have anything right around the Gemini in the latter part of Gemini, you may want to kind of observe that because uh, solar eclipses generally bring on new things. New things, new projects, new everything, new changes in life that, that have you going in a completely new direction. So that's going to be kind of interesting to watch. Okay, on June 12th, Mars goes into Leo. Now, I'm saying this because Venus is also moving into Leo. So since my guest here has six planets in Leo, that should be good news to him. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, Mars into Leo is basically, you know, wanting attention and needing it for yourself and and doing what's right for yourself you know so anyway it's kind of interesting okay now on june 20th we have an interesting situation we have jupiter going retrograde at two pisces now it usually doesn't happen like this jupiter goes into a sign zips through part of it and then goes backwards for a while and it doesn't ever go back into the previous sign but this time it's going to do that so this is literally jupiter went into pisces about a month ago i think so uh, it's going to be going two months in. It's going to go retrograde. So we're going to watch that happen. And, you know, and the thing of this that's happening right now, and I'm going to bring this up, is that there's a lot of talk about UFOs in the news, more so than there's ever been. And this is what astrologers have been predicting, because anything to Jupiter is opportunities, and Pisces is something outside of the bounds of normal reality. So they were thinking that, well, maybe we're going to finally see people are going to acknowledge that there are UFOs. You know, that could possibly happen. And it seems like it's happening in the news a lot. So kind of watch out for that. It's interesting stuff. Okay, now June 22nd, we'll all be glad to hear this, that Mercury will be going direct at 16 degrees Gemini. And it's now retrograde. I have the funniest retrograde story. Take a long time to, to talk. But to suffice it to say, I had two things done on a, on a website the other day, and they were added input with totally unrelated information. And I thought it was so hysterical. I had to write to our, our guy at, here at uh, KKNW. He says, oh, gulp. Well, that's embarrassing. I said, yes, it was kind of embarrassing. But, you know, couldn't really help it. I thought it was hysterical. So anyway. So anyway, on June 24th, we have Neptune going retrograde at 23 Pisces, right smack on my sun. I can't wait. And so it's also opposed my moon. I hope I'm still alive by the end of the month. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, it's going to be an interesting time to watch that. So Neptune goes retrograde. Things when they're retrograde, they tend to go backwards a little bit, more internalized. So, so it's just something that, you know, um, people kind of have to shift their awareness a little bit from outside of themselves to inside of themselves. So that's basically <coughs> the whole meaning of a retrograde planet. Okay, and then finally, June 28th, Venus also goes into Leo. So we'll have Venus and Mars in Leo. So it'll be interesting to see how the advertising on TV and how things are handled on TV will kind of reflect that as above, so below, you know. So anyway... 
Okay, now it is time for the Astro Celebrity of the Week. All right. I love that. You know, I was thinking about driving, having up. Anyway, let me rephrase my sentence, okay? That's typical. I was driving up here on the way to, to the studio today. I said, you know, I should have asked Nathan to do the, the theme from the Dick Van Dyke show to lead in, and he already did it. I couldn't believe it. We're psychic. Okay. Thank you, Nathan. It was wonderful. So, anyway, Dick Van Dyke, who is receiving the Kennedy Center uh, honors on Sunday night at 8 o'clock on CBS. You'll be able to watch it on TV. I probably will watch it. It'll be kind of interesting. And so they're going to do a tribute to him and two other people. I think I'm trying to remember who the other two are. Oh, Debbie Allen was one and that was some other one. I can't remember. So anyway, he's he's 95 now and his birthday is December 13th, 1925 at 9, 8, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time in West Plains, Missouri. That's where he was born. So I have a chart here right here in front of it, in front of me. And the thing, the thing that I just want to emphasize right down the chute is that had I not seen his birthday, I would have guessed he would have been a Sagittarius. And why? Because just the theme song alone for his show is so Sagittarian, it's not even funny. So... And, of course, the beginning of the show where he's walking in the house saying hi to his guests and he either falls over the the stool or he goes by it, you know, depending on, you know, when they filmed the beginning of it. So he was always known for his pratfalls. He was always doing, um, he was very athletic. Obviously, he was a dancer before he started off on this show. But he was such a, a talented almost watching like he's made of liquid. You know what I mean, Matt? Oh, yes. His body was liquid to watch it. Well, if you remember in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, he was the only American actor, and boy, did he ever did his vaudeville stuff, his dancing. Yeah, it was just a a stupendous way, and he would always do something almost every show, you know, on the Dick Van Dyke show to show off his athletic ability. Because he just had extraordinary ability. And he was so, he was very graceful too, the way he did stuff. He also made a fool out of himself. Yeah. He was never cruel targeting someone. No. The humor was directed at him going yeah. through life. You can't help but love a guy like that. Yeah. And, you know, that's really truly, uh, it's true to the Sagittarian archetype. Sagittarians always like to make fun of themselves, you know. And they're the funny sign. They're the comedians of the Zodiac. And quite honestly, we need it after Scorpio, you know, because Scorpio is really serious and deep and dark and mysterious and all that stuff. But afterwards, it lightens up a lot so that we can do Sagittarian things like, you know, doing skits and and whatever it is that, that Dick Van Dyke did. He was so good at it. But he was so, oh, you have something to say? Speaking of skits. Have you ever seen his impersonation of Stan Laurel from Laurel yes. and Hardy? Yes, oh, he looks just like him. Identical. Yeah, yeah he does. Yes, yes, that, that rubbery face. And so, you know, the thing, let me talk a little bit about his astrology chart while we're talking about how wonderful he is. First of all, he has Neptune in his first house. There, right there, is his ability to be fluid with his body. Anybody who has a Neptune first house has a lot of grace to them 
because the body has, the movements are slow, methodical, and very fluid. And so it's like you're kind of watching a, a, te- a water going through his body as he was doing those movements. You know, it really was like that. So that was partly part of his incredible talent when he could dance. But he could do anything he wanted to. And so let's see. Also, there's some other stuff in here that's really important. Sagittarius. Okay, he has Leo rising, of course, he would. And that's very much the showman. And Neptune not too, too far away from his ascendant. So it was just right there, kind of below the surface. You could feel that grace, that undercurrent of of almost, you know, etheric abilities that he had. So uh, also he had, and this is interesting, I just found this just as I was sitting here looking at the chart before we went on. He has Sun Uranus square, and they're exactly square to the minute. You know, and so he was a little bit of, you know, he did a lot of rebellious things for sure. But a lot of what he did, when you add the the graceful movements, but you add the jerky movements that went along with it. You know, he had the, the interspersing of both. He could do both. That's the Uranus square. That's the stuff that does things unexpectedly. So he would do, uh, you know, he would do something very almost really methodical and you could see the next step that was coming and he'd always do the opposite so it was it was really um a really talented thing that he had he could really do it well he had the fifth house sun which is the, the house of of entertainment and uh love and you could always feel with him how much he loves people you never see his bad side ever you can always see how much he really really loves people and also, he's got a couple of other things that I'm going to make mention here. He has a conjunction of Mars, Saturn, and, and his moon in Scorpio. That's what we never saw, okay? That's right at the bottom of the chart. We didn't see that because that's something that he kept hidden. He, he, had, he had alcoholism, and he was depressed quite a bit, and that kind of indicates what's going on there. So um, it's, a, it's a difficult situation i mean this is kind of what we call the shadow side or the darker side of dick van dyke because it's there we all have a dark side so if you want yes go ahead one time in a movie he portrayed a corrupt judge and he was magnificent that was the dick van dyke that we've got to know on the show right but he showed that element of his acting skill and of life for that matter. Yep, that's exactly what, that's what it would have incurred, you know, exactly, exactly right. That's really phenomenal. So uh, uh, he, he did, he played some bums at times. You could see that too. He played that kind of the darker side of the bum. Um, but most of the time his, his, he was always upbeat. You know, you could see that with Leo Rising. Leo Rising is your actual persona that you meet people with. You know, it's right on the surface. Then you have all this stuff below that is creating ha- havoc. So the thing about him is that he absolutely needs to have alone time by himself. He needs to have that t- alone time to go into whatever it is that he's feeling because he didn't show his feelings that much on, on TV. This never did. But they were there. Yes. Off the top of my head, I cannot think of one bad thing I've ever heard said about Dick no. Van Dyke. Yeah. And when you look at Hollywood, eventually the rumor mill has its ugly side. Right. I can't think of one thing about him or right. his brother, Jerry. Right. Exactly right. Do you have a phone call? Yes. Is it Diana? 
Hello. Hi, Diana. How are you? Hello, Eileen. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm very good. I'm glad you called in today. We kind of knew you were going to call in. So, so anyway. Oh, well, I, I just wanted to let you know how much I enjoyed the reading that you gave me down at uh, Pizza Casa. Oh, you're welcome. Along with Matt. It was awesome. Oh, thank you. And to you. all your readers out, out there, she's awesome. Oh, thank you. You got to have one done. Thank you. You were right on with what you told me I had an earthquake under my feet for the past five months. <laughs> and you were spot on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, those earthquakes are there for a reason. They shake you up to do something different. They do. So. Things are going in a different direction. I'm, I'm glad, glad to hear but that. I just wanted to say thank you. You're welcome. And to let your listeners know that uh, it's really, really a good, cool thing to have the reading done. So. Oh, thank you. That really, that really means a lot. Thank you so much. You yeah. bet. And also, she came to our event that we have every Monday night. That's the um, the After Dark readings down at the Pizza Casa. So you're all invited to come down and see me sometime. That's a, like a little bit after 4 till about 7. And you can come talk to me there, and I'll give you a reading. Okay. So so thank you, Diana, th- so much for the call. I really appreciate it. Oh, you are more than welcome. And hi, Matt. Diana, <laughs> so wonderful to hear from you. That was such a great night, and we'll have more of them down there. Yes, we will. We definitely Sounds will. Sounds good. Okay. Well, I'll let you get back to your show. So thank I just you. To say thank you. Thanks, Diana. All righty. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Okay. Hi. Yeah, that was nice. That's really nice to hear. Anyway, so we have to take a break right now. It's a little bit late for us, but we're going to take it anyway. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to new pro supplements, we cover the world of animals. This week, June 6th, it's Shelter Rescue Sanctuary and anything that helps our Animal Friends Sunday. We'll check in with our regulars, Meow Cat Rescue, Help Animals India, and Seattle Dogs Homeless Program. Plus, we'll chat with the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga. Lots of new things to share. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Let me officially welcome our guest, Mr. Matt Shea. Thank you for being here today. You always come in when we need people. So thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's just, I have so much fun. What's the water (laughs) We're going fishing. Oh, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> He's always there with a the sound effect. Thank you so much. I'm going, I said, did you have to go to the bathroom or something? <laughs> no, no, just kidding. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, um, you've been, you've been, it's still playing. Oh, that's so lovely. It just is so relaxing. Let's go sit by the stream and, and fish. That's a really good idea. Anyway, so let's talk a, bit, a little bit about what's going on in your life right now. You've been fishing a lot. I have. I've been doing that since I was a young kid. I used to live on Beacon Hill, which was a few miles away from Lake Washington, more right. than three miles. And I would get up about 7 in the morning, and here I'm in grade school, and I was allowed to walk to the lake. Yeah. And so I would be coming back early afternoon, but sometime I had some trout with me. Good for you. So, yeah, you you sent me the pictures you just took of your latest one. 
<laughs> it was a, it, it was the limit you limited it out right i did and what happened was the day before i had a real nice one on and it broke the line oh. then i had another one and it broke the line and i'm usually on top of my stuff yeah so i came back to live to fight another day and it worked oh good but it's that old saying when in rome do as the romans do yeah. I can't catch fish anywhere unless the locals see me as a charity case and they give me some <laughs> suggestions, what works there. Yeah. And when I follow their recommendations, then it starts to happen. You make a friend for life, provided you meet that oh, friend yeah. at that lake. Yeah. There's something very, uh, and i throwing this into a little bit of an astrological bend. Fishing, you know, it has to do with the, Pisces, the fish, right? So... And, and fishing, it has to do with Neptune. You're doing it around the water. Okay. And, and usually what happens that people who are natural fishermen are discovering fishing, which you're just rediscovering it right now, um, they find people with common ground that they can talk to. That's it's, exactly what happens. You name yeah. the topic, you go for infinity, yeah. and then you meet their families, yeah. and you know what their car looks like, and they always have a little space, and that yeah. space is for you if you're in the neighborhood. That's right, yeah. And it's a very uh, Neptunian experience of feeling linked with people of like mind, you know, and so that's basically what you do, you know, and it is something incredibly healthy emotionally about doing that. It's spiritual, number one. And number two, it seems to fill in the empty spaces within you, if you have any. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's one lake I've been going to well over 20 years. It's open year-round. It could mm-hmm. be raining cats and dogs or snowing, and I could be out there with my cup of coffee. It's the same select few mm-hmm. that I bump into once in a while for the past 20 years. The first name basis. You don't know where they live. You don't know it. You just know that fishing spot camaraderie. Yeah, yeah. It, it links people, you know. And whenever somebody gets a really decent-sized fish, it's a chance to celebrate for everybody else. Everybody else feels like they caught the same fish you did. That's so. it. We encourage one another. We'll help each other net one in. Mm-hmm. And just they always have that space reserved for them. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fabulous. So if you are, are wondering if you're... A lot of people are stressed out right now, and they're waiting for this whole lid to come off of the COVID virus so that we all get back to normal. But until then, I mean, fishing is really kind of a no-brainer, no-effort thing to do. You will get people from the campsites. They're bored. They're Mm -hmm. walking around. They go to the lake to see the old-timers fish. And it's nice to clean the fish give them one or two for their grill, and that's their jiffy pop tonight. They're going to have rainbow trout. Right. Let me season it a bit. I'll do that, too. That's right. Exactly right. Um, I have my own fishing stories from when I grew up. Um, It would take me, well, four minutes, so I could do that. Um, I used to go every year to Whidbey Island, and we stayed on the east side of Whidbey Island facing Camino, and we had stayed at a resort there for three weeks every summer. And my dad and mom were, they loved fishing. They loved it, my mother especially. And she would catch a whole lot of salmon wire. All the salmon fishing up there is amazing. So I remember one year, it, it, it was very much of a Neptunian sort of place. It was a big resort. Everybody had their own cabin, and yet everybody, you know, came together during the week to do a weenie roast on Tuesday night. 
you know, and we'd all, the whole camp would go down there and we all meet down there, all sit and talk. And that was the times when people, things were safer back then, back in the early or late mid fifties. It was amazing, you know, and, um, but we caught fish too. And there was a really amazing sort of competition one year where they were trying to catch one huge gigantic fish out there. I think it was, I believe it was a ray. It was a stingray. And, um, our, our proprietor, his name is Trevor Roberts, who was an amazing guy, and he, he put out a reward saying, if you catch this stingray, you will get something. So I think he ended up catching the ray in the end, but the thing that happened was when he caught it, the thing was so, so huge. I think the f- diameter was about four feet, you know, the length and well, maybe three, four feet, kind of about the same thing. Enough fish on that to eat for, off of it forever. So he had a ray roast. <laughs> One day, instead of having a weenie roast, we had a ray roast. And he baked it over the the, the coals, built, built a fire. And it was best fish I've ever tasted anywhere because anytime you have a fish that is, is barbecued over the barbecue that you've caught, it tastes fantastic. Yes. That oh, it doesn't matter anything else. If those elements are present... Your fish is going to taste like ambrosia. It does because you've done it yourself. So um, I I had a couple of other times where I went fishing. I caught a ton of bullheads, 25 of them. I caught one. I caught a, um, a flounder, too. I caught a flounder. And that was good. I fixed that. But um, you could. we were off the end of the dock there. It was a few feet out into the water. So we'd throw our lines, and a bunch of us kids would do that. And we all pick up, you know, various fish. And mostly it was bullheads. Of course, you can't eat bullheads. But it was fun having so many of them. Somewhere in my records, I have a picture of me posing with all of these things, all lined up on a log, you know, and plus the one flounder that was out of sync. But it was amazing. It was so amazing, you know, because I did that every year. I, I fished with both of my parents. And um, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. I loved it. It it's such a bond when you go camping with someone, when you do yeah. a road trip, <clears throat> or say you get out there some way and you find that cafe and you're with someone, and that's yeah. a memory in the making. And yeah. the fishing's right in there. Fishing's right up there around the same place, you know. And um, it, it, it was, I remember you talking about cafes that we used to go to Coopville, you know, on Whidbey Island, and you know, before we would go into the resort itself, which is a few miles down the road from Coopville. And we always stop at one particular restaurant. We always stop at the Mercantile store, Perry Mercantile. I remember it well. Those are the memories that you have from a little kid that just, they stay with you forever. And they mark how you see things today. You know, if I go to a small town, I'm driving down the road to go to a small town to see a small pop mom and pop uh, restaurant or a place to shop. I'm going, oh, God, let's go in there. You know, it, it's it's amazing how it brings back up your childhood. You know, and those are the best memories I had of my childhood. It was amazing. So anyway, i got to take a break here again. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. 
I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Exploring new territory every day. This is Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And there goes the water again. (laughs) We're sitting out at the stream. And we're fishing. Can you just all see it, everybody? Just visualize. Close your eyes for a moment and see yourself on the beach with a line in the water. And it's relaxing and it's sunny and it's wonderful. Oh, my God, that would be the perfect meditation to have. For those people that are into fishing. A few campsites right off of these mountain lakes yeah. or lowland lakes. We're honest. You could park right there. Yeah. And there's your picnic table and you yeah. got the line in the water and life is perfect. Good. It's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think what we have here is we're talking about something very indigenous to the Washington state. Oh, yes. Yeah, because uh, fishing is a big thing here, obviously, and there's so many places you can fish. And uh, when I want to go to on a holiday, I usually go up to Whidbey Island, you know, because it's the most beautiful place up there. But you know, but fishing off of there, off of the places off there are absolutely excellent, too. So um, I, I was just thinking about one of the stories of my uh, friend Ter- Trevor, who was trying to catch, or there was a fish they were trying to catch that was out there. It was 50-pound salmon, and he caught it. Yeah, I mean, that was quite a battle to get it in the boat, but what the heck. But, you know, 50 pounds of salmon, I mean, that's a lot of good eating for a while, you know. We have it here. Well, up at Cranberry Lake, it's on the edge of the salt water. Yeah. And there are people that when it's salmon season... They will catch some salmon and then walk two minutes to the lake and catch a few trout with it and then oh. walk back to their campsite. Oh, that's a good idea. That's kind of cool. Yes, amazing. Yeah, that is good. Now, I was just curious. Nathan, have you heard anything about the Copper River salmon this year? Are they? Is it in season yet? I can check on it. Thank you so much because I kept thinking, where's the... We have, it usually comes out in May or June is when they have the shipment of copper river salmon and that folks is the best salmon you'll ever taste so have you ever tasted that yes i have and uh, i agree with you it's the best it's possibly the best and i had some i brought a bought a bunch last year my god the price is expensive so but it looks wh- like it goes from may through september so we're currently in season okay okay good because usually we hear about it on the news that you know alaska airlines flies the first shipment down here and it's wonderfully gorgeous Salmon 30 Salmon Plane, you know. And so, have you seen that, by the way? It's hysterical looking. Big, huge salmon painted on the side of the plane. It's awesome. So, um, yeah, okay. So, it's May through September. Okay, good. So, they have it in the stores. Okay, now I know I can go buy some. See, I'm going to go want to get some of that today, you know, after all this talk about salmon. So, anyway, okay, so... That's really great. You know, I think talking about the Zen part of fishing is so important because we're all trying to find a way to relax and and to regroup and to just chill out, 
you know, with all the news that's going on, all this stuff with, we thank God that, you know, the coronavirus is lessening and we'll probably be able to go back to a normal schedule at the end of this month, hopefully, you know, as long as, you know, people get their vaccines and I've gotten mine and Matt has gotten his and Nathan, we're all of us in the studio, we are all vaccinated. So I just need to say that there's a lot of, I'm going to make this a big, that's because of commercial for this, but I'm going to make a point about the vaccine. Um, I didn't want to take it for a while because I thought it was just too weird and, you know, all this conspiracy theory and all that. And I said, you know what, it would be a whole lot better to do it because I don't know who I'm going to run into at any point, you know, maybe exposed. And if I am exposed, if I get it, I have diabetes. I don't want this disease. I simply don't. It would be complications all over the place with it. So I decided to do it. It did at the beginning of this, this last month. And I got the one dose, uh, Johnson & Johnson. Amazing. I just walked into Safeway, had it done real quick. Boom, done. It was over with. And no side effects at all. So um, it's just a good idea to do it. It really is. So if you guys are on the fence... And Matt wants to say something. <laughs> my family addressed me on that. My daughter oh. took the fight to me. My little sister, Mo, she said, by the way, you have an appointment, and she made it for me. Good for her. Yeah, they force-fed me. I'm one of these guys where once in a while i got to hold my hand. Yeah. But uh, thank you, family, and I'm vaccinated. Oh, good for you. That's great. You know, I always I always thought, because I'm a metaphysician, I'm kind of on the opposite side of the normal um conservative fence but you know I, I kept reading it about and people how excited they were but you know a large lot of it was because I wanted to support the country and everybody getting well and largely if we we hit herd immunity with this thing it's going to be it'll be poof so we're very close to that right now so it's very good so anywho all right our next subject is going to be what are your latest writing projects what are you up to well, the first thing is oh. I have to make a little announcement here. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. I had somebody go through my entire site to go through the books, the audio books, and they caught a glitch. Our very first Barrel Full of Monkeys right. audio book, for some reason, it uh, got faulty. Mm-hmm. And so for a while, people could attempt to order it, and they could not. Well, it's running on all cylinders now. It's clean as a whistle, and people could do that. Yeah. And about these projects, I do have six audio books out. Three of them, I had people audition. I went to agencies, put it out there. I can honestly say I've had over 100 people audition for three of them, and I'm proud of the ones I selected. Mm -hmm. Getting to you, Eileen, the two that you have done on Barrelful of Monkeys, I would have chose no one else but you, how you gave your delivery. Those were truly Eileen's stories. Oh, and those that have heard it, they, they may comment about it. Thank you. That's, but we're up and running again. That's good. And so at my website, mattshaybooks.net, mm-hmm. for $5, you can hear Eileen do her thing, and she's fantastic that's right. at I'm it. I'm doing Secret Radio Man on the first one. So I play an alien. <laughs> yes, you did. But you've done two of them now, and you're A-plus yeah. both times. Yeah, well, it was it was kind of weird the second one. But, you know, I think we made some adjustments in it, and somehow it worked. So it was good. Yes. Yeah, and if you ever want me to do it again, I will. Oh, that's coming up. Oh, good. Oh, I kind of figured there'd yes, be another one I am coming up. working on the rough drafts because there's going to be five or six of us doing the third oh, one. Oh, good. That's great. Okay. And uh, you'll be getting your 
sheets to my script. Your script, yes. Yes. Okay, good. All right. That's good. Good to know. Okay. So, um, you know, Matt is probably one of the most prolific writers I've ever met who just can write and write and write and write. I have an opposite problem. I write and I stop and I edit it and then I keep editing it some more. <sighs> I should know better. <clears throat> it doesn't really work to do that. My first book, though, when I did the Titanic book, I had to force myself to get past that so I could just get the copy in, could I get the, the text of the thing done and then have go over it then after that, you know. And so um, I'm kind of working on this n- book now on stationary planets, and I keep finding things to put in the book. This is typical. I did that with a Titanic book right up until the end before I had to send it to the printer. I had a new thing to put in there, and my editor said, you cannot put anything else new in the book. You can't. I said, but this is about... I told her the story. She says, okay, that's too good. You got to put it in. So anyway, it was just stuff. My my natural way that I research things is I just research by habit. I just can't help it. You know, I want to find something else and something else and something else. I was a Titanic buff years before they discovered it. And I thought I knew all the trivia. And when I read your book twice, and I have it well hidden in my place because I will never lend that book out, you had a lot of tidbits in there that were new to me, a lot of things I never knew about it. Yeah. So you have the introduction to many of astrology, mm-hmm. but you have a deeper historical account for the many things involved with the ship. Right, exactly. I mean, when you look at the astrology of it, you look at it from different angles, for sure. But the another part of the astrology is the psychology that people were going through when they were on that ship, you know. And so... Um, I know that when I did the, the Strausses, Isidore and Ida Strauss, they're, they were born on the same day, you know, February 6th, I think, different years. I didn't years. know that. Yeah, born on the same day, yeah. And I don't think they were born, they might have been born on the same day, I can't remember. If it was anything, if any of them, maybe a couple of years off. But, I mean, they were very much cut out of the same cloth. You well, know. they were because he honored women and children first yes, and she honored the marriage yes so she wouldn't go on either and a young couple she had given her mink stole to her to right. say there you need to stay warm i've yeah. just had a good life i'm staying with my husband yeah right exactly the way it ought to be that's right they were a standout couple on that whole event because of the things they did and did for others it was extraordinary so um yeah so it's interesting, you know, looking at the different lives that were on that ship and how they, you know, kind of lives they led. Uh, like Mr. Guggenheim, for instance, he was really, um, he was kind of a lazy guy, kind of lived by on his own parents' uh, fortune, you know. And um, I could see that in the chart, you know. And the, th- the thing about finding unusual pieces about people individually was like, do you report it or not? Because it kind of not defies history, but it adds to history. To add what is the, the actual components of the person when they were dealing with this trauma up to becoming up trauma of possibly losing their lives on, on a sinking of a ship. You know, and that was, that was really difficult for me to write about because it was hard. You know, emotionally it was hard for me. And so um, it, it, was, it was an interesting way to write a book, let me tell you. It wasn't just statistics, but it was everything else that went along with it. Oh, an awful lot, because you're getting personal with John Jacob Abster, William yeah. Stead. Oh, many. yeah. 
Yeah. His, he, he was undergoing a Neptune transit at the time. Neptune was right on his sun, which makes sense when he drowned, you know, and that Neptune is about sea and the sea and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, well, that's kind of perfect. And he was born on a July 15th, approximately. His son was about 21 or 22 degrees cancer. That was the degree point that was happening consistently all through the whole event. That showed up in most of the people's charts. So it was just a constant thing finding that thing that kept coming up all the time. As a matter of fact, there were times when it didn't happen and it was rare. So um, I thought this is kind of interesting, sort of a reverse thing when you're trying to find a preponderance of evidence and you can't find it because it doesn't really isn't a valid point. But if you're looking at is this a valid point and you look and it's everywhere, then it's really valid. You know, so anyway, I digress. <laughs> so anyway, let's talk about, okay, and you're going to be, you're, right now you're working on some new audiobooks, right, for us to work on. Yes, I am. Okay, good. And so, um, you told us your snails. Okay. All right, so we're going to take a break here in a second, because when we get back, you're going to talk about some ghost stories. <laughs> Don't want to leave that stuff I got them. No oh, good. Yeah. So anyway, let's take a break early so we can do that. So this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Hi, this is this is a live read with Susan Bergstrom, the Medicare Exchange. Susan Bergstrom is a licensed agent of Washington and Oregon, helping people obtain security in their lives by providing insurance that pays for final expenses and money for transitioning after a loved one dies. Retirement consists of a lot of moving parts. She will help you with Medicare plans that best suit your needs. Medicare is not only state-specific, but it is also county-specific. Having, having lots of opportunities, she will help you narrow down your choices to one that is suitable for your health and financial needs. This includes advantage plans, supplements, and prescription drug plans. Seniors can rely on Susan to help obtain financial security through many programs that protect seniors from market downturns and guarantee a competitive rate of return with no downside risks. Susan can also educate you on your long-term care. This is an area where people do not plan for in retirement. Early planning can protect your assets and provide dignity in your later years. Susan enjoys working with people and has partnered with a Medicare exchange located in Tacoma and Linwood, Washington. You can talk freely about your situation and you will know that when Susan works for you to make you comfortable in all the decisions you need to make, you can contact her at 253-318-9379 or by email at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And we with me, we have on the famous, most famous Matt Shea, the wonderful author. And we're just going to start talking about ghost stories because Matt is in search of ghosts everywhere in this state. He goes to places that he finds out about that are likely haunted so that he can actually find out for themselves if whether or not they are. So what's your latest story? Well, okay, the other day when I was fishing, 
Yeah. I'm at the lakeside. I'm talking to someone, and they're talking about the small town life, the cafes. And did you know this place is haunted? You get that wherever you go. Right. And if you write the word hauntings and then put a town name after, things are going to come up on that. Right. And so it's an interest people have. Oh, sure. And you want to know more because it's a huge question mark. You just can't quite put your finger on it, and here come the stories. Now, the other day I did a little thing on um, Billy's in Aberdeen, and the reason why Billy's stand out to me is they usually make the top 10 hauntings in the state of Washington. Mm-hmm. Well, the place used to have its own ghost burger. So oh. they're kind of tipping their hand there. And then I have met locals that said that in high school, it was part of the curriculum to take a day trip to Holly, to Billy's, excuse me. Mm-hmm. They would talk about Billy Gould, who was a serial killer born in Germany. Oh, boy. And in 1910, he was um, convicted of murders and went to prison, and then here it comes, and then they told us about the hauntings. Wow. So I had eaten there four different times. I loved the place, and the servers each came by my table and shared a few stories, and then they would give me these binders that had all the findings that ghost shows have had because they've gone there to do features or things about the Billy Gould trial in the early 1900s, and it goes on and on and on. And so it's one of these places where they've seen coffee mugs thrown, where they have heard the voices, where they have seen the shadows, where they have seen kitchen utensils move by themselves, on and on, the footsteps. But whenever people talk about a haunted place, all of that's thrown in. Mm -hmm. But it seems everywhere you go, if somebody's been there a while, they have a few stories for you. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I know that. I've probably told the story before on here, but what the heck. Um, it seems as though Aberdeen area, Helquiem, and adjacently Cosmopolis all have places where that are all very, very haunted. You know, and it seems like they're just all over the place in that part of the world. And so I, I think I told the story of going to the Cooney Mansion in Cosmopolis. And we did a, a, some psychic fairs down there and... Um, I, me and another friend organized them, and we had about seven or eight or nine or ten psychics. Well, they got the, the people on the other side were so excited when we got there because they could talk to them, the psychics, and they would be heard, you know, and they had a lot of stuff they wanted to say. And so uh, it was really interesting because um, one time we had um, one person who had needed to go to the other side and was still over here and wanted to jump over and didn't know how to do it. So we ended up having a sort of a sort of a seance type of thing. We all had held hands and visualized this soul jumping over to the other side, which he did. And it was fine. So uh, and I was involved with that a little bit. And so and also had um, somebody looking at my crown of my hair, looking to see where I had the color added to my hair. So I can't do that anymore, but, you know, that was pretty funny to have that happen. But, um, yeah, it just seems like it's really active. And that place, Cooney Mansion, was really haunted, really, really haunted. I mean, there was places in that, like in the basement, there was another bathroom down there. It was just a shower that was kind of off in the back, and it was kind of like right next to an area where somebody had probably been killed. You know, and I remember being in that shower thinking, I just wanted to get the heck out of the shower, 
you know, because it was just so creepy. So uh, anyway, it was just a very strange sort of situation. Big house, like over 10,000 square feet. It was a big house for uh, Mr. Cooney. I forget his first name, who was the logging impresario of Cosmopolis. And he had a big house up on the hill. And so it, it, since then, it's been taken over. And it was a bed and breakfast, but I don't think it is anymore. I think it's a conference center where they have things going on. So, yeah, I mean, that and a couple other places in Cosmopolis were and, and Aberdeen are very, very active um, with, the, with the supernatural. I have a fascination with these old World War I-era forts that are now state parks. In case in point, Fort Warden, Fort where they Warden, filmed yeah. Officer and a Gentleman, mm-hmm. Fort Flagger, and Fort Casey, because that was called the Triangle of Fire, Yeah, because they they're all have cannons facing the inlet, or if enemy ships come down, we dare you, and that type of thing. Yeah, right. But they're old military places. A lot of things have happened there, and then stories are attached to it. Okay. When I was at Fort Warden, they had a bar there. It used to be the, I think they refer to it as a brig, the little jail house there mm-hmm. when somebody got in trouble. But the server there told me that at night they see a shadow going back and forth constantly at the entryway as if somebody is still standing guard from last century. Wow. Yeah. And so you get these stories like that from these people that make a living there. And oh, yeah. Something's going on. Oh, sure. I mean, it just seems like this area is really ripe with, I think it's the, the climate or whatever else, and the water. You know, it's just really ripe for, for extraterrestrial sort of visits. Not extraterrestrial, but, you know, supernatural visits from ghosts. Well, I was going to mention extraterrestrial because that, too, is getting more and more spotlight. Oh, that, too, yeah. And so the topic oh, yeah. of that unknown stuff, the ghost thing, the extraterrestrial thing, yeah. the public as a whole is talking more and more about yeah, it. Yeah, they are. And yeah. then you watch documentaries from third world countries, and they go, what are you talking about? We already know about this yeah, stuff. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, we seem to be, the United States wants to keep a lot of that hidden but it's all of it's pretty well known. And, and somebody had mentioned, just as Jupiter went into Pisces, that um, it's going to be a time where the um, ETs, UFOs, are going to come out of the closet. And so far it's happening. You know, people are talking about it on the regular news. You recall the writings of Nostradamus. Did I pronounce that name Nostradamus? right? Nostradamus, yeah. That's good. Towards the very end of his writings, there was talk about extraterrestrials making a formal presentation. Oh, yeah, they are, you know, and it's, I keep thinking about the possibility of it happening. I thought, what would happen if that, ha- everything would shift. First of all, our, our our religious beliefs, everything like this, all would shift, and I don't know how it's going to shift. It'd be kind of, kind of difficult for a lot of people to accept it. But if it did, you know, we may be learning things from, from ETs that we really need to learn right now because, you know, our, our planet is not in the best shape. You know, it has, it has some work to go to get back into a normal place, you know. And it, yes, go ahead. Well, this month our government was supposed to release a lot of withheld information yeah. on the subject that. And so here we're paying tax dollar and then they're not sharing the findings. Right. Well, we, we helped pay for this. 
Yeah. And then we're told things like the society's not ready for it yet. Well, what are you talking about? Yeah, well, we've been waiting for it. Hello, you know. Exactly. A lot of people know that it's there, and we know that they're, you know, out there. I've known it for, I think you probably know it for a long time. I have, too. You know, it's just a matter of if and when it's revealed. So well, one of the things I like to do is I <laughs> like to go back as far as I can and look up ancient writings. And then I will see what other societies were writing about right. at the same time, even though they're different parts of the world. Especially and they all had the And they all had the same drawings. Yeah, right. Exactly. So how much time we got there, Nathan? Three minutes. I have to do the end of the show. Thank you, Matt, for being here today. Sorry. <laughs> we're going to dovetail right into the stuff that's coming up. Okay. So thank you. And um, we're going to go to lunch afterwards. So if you want to join us, we'll be at Applebee's. Okay. Okay. Cool. Applebee's uh, in Factoria. Yes. Applebee's in Factoria. That is correct. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to know psychically where to go without us telling you. Okay, so anyway, upcoming events. Readings After Dark on Mondays, 4.30 p.m. at Pizza Casa in Lakewood, 12924 Pacific Highway Southwest in Lakewood. And all you have to do is come down at 4, 4.30 or 4 and get a reading with me and sit and have pizza. Okay, so, and also, well, this is brand new. We're starting this. I'm having a meeting on Monday with the management of Pizza Casa to have, open a psychic group. You know, there's a lot of psychic groups in this area, and we're opening a new one down in Lakewood at the Pizza Casa. Uh, we think it may start around the beginning of July. We're not sure yet. Of course, that's right when all the, you know, everything opens up, basically, from the coronavirus. So we figure it's a good time to do that. So uh, if you want to know more about it with us, you can contact me, Eileen Grimes, at um, Eileen Grimes Astrology. You can do that. Or Titanic Astrology. Thank you. Titanic Astrology at AOL.com, or you can contact me at my phone co- phone number, which is 206-816-0546, and we'll let you know. We'll need some help in assisting, in assisting for things that are going to go on because we're going to have programs with people coming to speak, people that are going to be doing their readings there. I'll be doing readings, and Susan will be emceeing. So anyway, Susan Bergstrom is my assistant on this, or my co-partner in this, so it's going to be fun. Okay, so um, now, a barrel full of monkeys, one and two, they're out, and I'm doing a vocal uh, thing on there. I'm doing a uh, a, a story. Narrating. Thank you. I knew, I knew you'd say something. <laughs> anyway, so I have that's out, and also... Um, we can, okay, you can get a hold of Matt at mattshaybooks.net, and you can get a hold of me at eileengrimes.com. Okay, next week we have on Mr. Ray Grassy. He's going to be on the show. We're really excited to have him back. And then on June 19th, we're going to have on Jackie Slevin. Cool. So anyway, is that it? Is that all we done? Still got a minute if you'd like to use it. Oh, geez. I'm always talking fast and then I run out. Yes. What would you, what do you have to say? Raising his hand. <laughs> I want everybody out there to know that Eileen does give house calls. I do. She is for hire. <laughs> and something that has been known to happen is people would get together and they would pick a mutual place. And one by one, they would get their readings while everybody's having a great time. So something to think about. Shoot her a call. And Eileen... Give that number again. It's uh, 
888-646-0546. Those are called astrology parties, which I do a bunch of people in a room. And we do them in front of everybody else. It's really fun. So anyway, that's it for us today. We'll see you all next week with Mr. Ray Grassi. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And one more time, Matt Shea, congratulations on your 20th 20th. show. Yay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 